Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello, welcome to the latest edition of House of League. It's me, Matt Shaw, getting ready to speak all things rugby league once again. Got a special guest this week. Uh, he's grinning ear to ear as I say that because he doesn't often get called special. Uh, we have uh, leading player agent Graham Taylor on the show this afternoon as we record. Graham, hello, how are you? I, I assume... I assume one of the busiest men in rugby league at the minute, May the 1st, everything like that. The old, old systems go, won't it? Yeah, no, Matt, firstly, I'm, I'm well, thank you. Uh, been a busy few weeks up to the preparation of the 1st of May. Obviously, everyone knows that, similar in football, there's there's a so-called deadline as such as, as the 1st of May that people get excited by. But the reality is people people talk throughout the year. Uh, but you start to see deals being signed and, and clubs get a little bit nervous at this point around players that they may want to retain or they may want to move on and and start to to put things in place. So yeah, it's been it's been a busy, busy ten days. Uh people are meeting clubs, people are signing deals, uh, which I'm sure will come out over the next number of weeks. I know a lot of clubs like to keep some of their signings for when they, they release their season tickets, etc. So, yeah, it's been busy. Boring. We don't, and, we and don't all, work like that. Yeah, but that's sometimes part and parcel of it. But uh, it's good, I'm sure. I'm sure you pick up the odd story right, left and centre anyway from, from your different contacts. Rugby league's a small sport and uh, everyone seems to talk anyway. It's not like football. No, absolutely. I, you know what? I, I love and hate this time of year. It's great because it's quite easy to write about at times because there's plenty going on. Um, there's always a little bit more movement. Um, but at the same time, I hate it because there's so much crap that's floating around that's just nonsense. And, but you're constantly chasing, you're just constantly on the phone. You, you never you never actually get around to writing anything. And sometimes I'm like, I just, I just want one day where I don't hear a lot of garbage about who may or may not be moving here and there. Like some some of the stuff is just crazily like to me. Anyone with any sort of logic and just sat down and thought about some of the things that I said, you could quickly go, "That's absolute nonsense." But social media is a wonderful thing, isn't it? And that's what I was say. Social media is a thing. I mean, I get you get phone calls all the time. Has this player signed for this? Not even spoke to that club. I, I don't know where that's come from or whatever, but all it takes is 
a young man sitting in his bedroom who puts something on social media, suddenly there's retweets and, and everything gets out there with it. But look, I think, as we say, rugby league is, is a great, great sport and, and I love it to pieces. Uh, but it is that small sport that everyone seems to find out a lot of the things that are going on because where players are meeting other clubs, it's they always seem to bump into someone in a coffee shop or seeing them walking in a stadium or, or something. So, yeah, look, there's there's lots of talk, a lot of talk that people get excited who would like players at their club. Uh, but part and parcel is there's clubs need to move and, and clubs are certainly moving at the moment. I'm just, I just, this is a question I've always wanted to ask an agent. You kind of touched on it at the top. Is May the 1st a myth? Like, I know it's this big day, uh, and technically it's the, the day where you can start talking. Does it, I mean, does it really work like that? It, it seems quite, uh, it seems like quite airy-fairy thinking to think that that is exactly how it works to me. I think if I was to say to you, Mark, that if you got a confidential uh, questionnaire with, with every club owner in the land, would you sign a player before the 1st of May? I'll let them answer that for you. Castlewood, Castlewood. <laughs> just eat, I just eat. I don't know. I, I've always thought it because why? Why would you wait? You, you're ultimately, if you wait and play by the rules per se, you're just falling behind everyone else. Like, it just doesn't. Make what, sense. What, what I would say on here is, I'm sure someone from the RFL uh, is listening to this. Is I've never ever signed a, a player with a contract before the first of May. Yes. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's it, isn't it? I bet I bet there's mysteriously about the fifth of May, sixth of May, a load of contracts that are lodged. So you don't look too suspicious. Not gone through on the May the first because that'd look a bit dodgy. Sixth of May, seventh of May, give it a week. It's all right. Can get them, get them fired through now. We're covered anyway. I would never it's... like to confirm or deny that, Matt. In terms of <laughs> as I, as I <laughs> says already, I have <laughs> never find a deal pre the first of May. <laughs> you you. I'm just trying to think. Picking my, I've got. We've obviously got the off contract list now. It's come out. Um, I'm trying to think who you've got off contract for. You've, you've got a relatively large clientele list uh, on both sides of the channel because you have. Um, you're in France now. I don't know if people know that, but you you live out in France and do your work, and you've got good connections with Catalans and Toulouse, of course, as the British clubs as well. Um, who, who are your Who are your guys off contract this time? Uh, I think we've got, you know, I think I've got about 30, 40 players off contract this year. Oof, uh, that sounds like a busy few weeks. Yeah, no, I, look, I, I see it as an exciting few weeks. I think you you look at it as opportunities for lots of young aspiring players to get on that ladder as well. And that's what gives me a big sign. You know, you do these big deals, Matt, and you know, they're, they're good. They're, they're, they're an adrenaline rush. But, you know, I look at someone like Josh Hodson as a prime example. You know, Josh is a a young man who's came up through the Midland Academy, went to London, did well there, went to Bartley and has done phenomenal there this year with, with Bartley. And you know, it's great seeing Craig Lingard go to Castleford because I think that's Absolutely. fantastic in the game as well. But someone like Josh, you know, in the last 10 days, Josh has met six clubs. Uh, he'll be in Super League next year. And that for me is the exciting bit of this time of year is getting players who probably didn't expect to get an opportunity getting the opportunity out there. Uh, and, and that's a great thing about this yeah. sport is that we're not too big, but we're not too small either as well. Yeah. yeah. The, you know what? It's funny. I can see that. The, the satisfaction must come from, you know, pick, 
picking up a lot at the start of his journey and and sort of being a part of that ascent. I mean, look, it, I'm sure it's great because I mean, you've got a player like Theo Farge who will be one of the, um, I would assume, one of the best best players in the competition, and that's fantastic. And and I know with Theo's probably not the right example because you've had Theo from a very very young age, but being on that path with him like you're on with someone like Josh Hodgson that must be the rewarding element beyond anything rather than maybe picking someone up at I don't know 29 30 who's already been there done that just needs a bit of help at the end of the career it must be the, the yeah. young ones that are, are the really really satisfying ones I, I think you're I think you're right the young ones who get that opportunity but also the ones who probably missed out on that opportunity when they were younger for for whatever reason whether they were just weren't good enough or just Never got that chance. I mean, the one that I mean, I, I talk about a lot to up and coming young players. If if they if they don't make it in in Super League, don't don't look back in anger as such. And there's opportunities. Is is Joe Bachelor? You know, Joe. Joe for me is just you know he should be he should be going around clubs with players that are getting released and talking about his journey. You know he. You know, we, I picked him up. I remember meeting him in Frankie and Benny's when he was working just on on the M62 next to IKEA at Leeds. And you know, I'm not sure what he was going to do. He was at Coventry, and then he ended up going to York. Did a couple of years there and was phenomenal. Uh, and then at that point, had 11 Super League offers when we decided we were oh. going to move him. You know, and you know, for for me, when when we got the first one. Got excited by it, thinking, "Wow, here we go! This is it!" And then suddenly, week after week, and I remember the playing against uh, Catalan Dragons in in the Challenge Cup. You know, the, the couple of days after that, they were on the phone going, "Oh, we are interested," but we were we were very close to doing a deal with with St Helens at that point. And for him to to go from Coventry, he was at Sheffield and Wakefield, like I said before, but to go from Coventry to York to St Helens. And then make his England debut against the All Stars, and then obviously in the World Cup. And I remember shedding a tear with him at the side of the pitch when he made his debut uh, for England. That for me is the is the ultimate be all and end all. Uh, is exciting. It's you know I see it as a bit of a, like a father figure, not mm. not just to Joe, but to them all sort of thing. Is you know if my son done that, how proud I am of of the individuals and. Seeing someone like Joe, and you know, I look at someone like Titus Glazzy who wasn't good enough. They says at Wakefield, he, he he went and slept on a on a sofa in Leeds, uh, sort of Leeds, sorry, London, to get a trial. Kicked on there, was outstanding for Halifax this year or last year. This year, he's been phenomenal for for Sheffield before he broke his jaw in two places. You know, these lads get opportunities, and I think. The way the salary cap is and the way the sport is, there's got to be more of these lads getting opportunities. Uh, and that's the great thing about this sport as well, mate. Well, one, one question, and I'm sort of asking you to uh, sort of give away tricks of the trade here, I suppose, to a degree. You know, you know, say you've got a, a player that you're looking to move on and, yeah. and a club comes in, but maybe they would then be in competition with one of your other clients. Uh, for for the same spot, and it might mean one of them doesn't play, and that might actually cause you another problem. You know, as you thought one, is that something that you, agents think about 
Or, or do you just do ultimately what's best for the individual player at that time and worry about it later on? It, to me, I'm just thinking, if it were me, I'm I'm sort of putting all the pieces together and going, oh, actually, I'd rather him go there maybe or I might rather him go there sort of thing. I think, listen, Matt, I'm sure there are agents who who probably look and, and manipulate it how they want it to be. I think the way I do my business is very much individually. Uh, and I can't... Uh, stop a player taking an opportunity because there's one of my other players are there. It just wouldn't be fair whatsoever. Everyone needs to take the opportunity. And if that means in, in time we need to move the other player on or whatever, then then so be it. Or, as I say to a lot of lads, may the best man win. Go and do your stuff. Uh, I think a lot of the time that inspires players to get better as well when they've got competition. Yeah, that's true. It's a fair point. It's just that I, I always think everyone thinks that agency is glamorous. But there must there must be some pretty horrible challenges as well. It's got to be. Uh, I think you're dealing with, especially in rugby league, you're dealing with a lot of young men who are not on huge salaries. You know, in football, they get everything. You know, you, you, you get the back end wiped for them if they wanted to, sort of thing. Whereas in in rugby, in rugby league, you know, the these young men have real emotion. You know, and and the challenge is as an agent, and, and and as I say, I try and see them as as my children, as such. Do you know, and that's a horrible thing to say, but for me, I want to be their mentor. I don't want to be their agent, and that's the the real key to to what I what I do. And you know, there's times you'll get phone calls at eleven o'clock, twelve o'clock at night. You know, they could be distressed because they're frustrated or. You know, things are going great for them and they want to just tell you about it. You know, hmm. my job is there is to support them with everything, not just about rugby, support them with life. Uh, and if we can make them better people, ultimately that'll make them better players. Uh, and that's, that's the key for, in, in my opinion, is you become a mentor to them and you, you're there 24 hours, seven days a week, no matter what time or day. And I think speaking to our lads will tell you that as I'm at the end of the phone all the time for them. Uh, and I love when I come back to the UK. Although it cost me a fortune, Matt, you know, everyone's desperate to see. Everyone wants to go for coffee or dinner. Or I remember, I think, I think you remember some of the lads telling you was it not was it Christmas past there? I think it was. We we took thirty of them out for dinner and uh, in, in Leeds. Yeah, yeah. It must have cost me about five grand that night. Uh, but you know what? To see them all together and see the excitement on their faces and meeting up with people that they used to play with, and it was great. You know, it was it was an exciting night. And although probably a few of us had too many beers that night, it, it was it was a great it was a great mentor mentoring night for it as well. What, what Graham doesn't tell you is he it kind of probably did cost him five grand only because he took everyone and treated them to a Zenders. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's why for Zenders is 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 a, a place where I, I certainly enjoy. But uh, the lads tuck in, and it's a great place for them to go. But do you know what, Matt? Is you know when you see players, and we talked Josh earlier, moving potentially moving on to Super League and, and all the rest. You know, money, money's not the, the be all and end all. Smiles on the face are, are the most important thing. Yeah, well, it's got to be a balance, hasn't it? You know, like there's a few situations at the minute going across Super League. Uh, I don't think, you know, Owen Trout, don't think he's, he's not one of yours, is he? And, and Sam Walters seem like two prime examples who uh, could stay where they are, but ultimately, and, and they will get more money elsewhere, but the main reason they want to go elsewhere is because they just want to play and play week in, week out, play every week. 
And sometimes that's that's more important, isn't it? Frankie Holden, prime example, not playing at the moment, mm. just wants to play rugby. Do you know? And yeah. Frankie will phone me every day, Graham, I want to play, I want to play. And I'm like, yeah, I get it, I get it. And we'll do, we'll work together with the club to make that happen. Uh, yeah. And and the reality is, is this is the same as someone going working on a brick site, uh, bricklayer on a, on a building site or someone working in Tesco's. You want to do the job you love. And these guys yeah. love what they do. Uh, they've done it since they were knee high to the to the grasshopper sort of thing. They, they've done it as, since they were very small. And that's all they know, a lot of them. You know, a lot of them have got a lot of intelligent lads with degrees and everything who will do other stuff. But if they're not playing rugby, they're unhappy. And that's the that's the real key to it. Yeah. And the, the clubs as well. Then. So how, how does it work with the, with the clubs in terms of... I'm assuming they come to you rather than you go to them more often than not, because they're the they're the clubs. The clubs need the players, don't they? At the end of the day, I think it works both ways, Matt. I think in terms of you've got to showcase what your players are all about. You know, you've got to showcase as to why mm. you believe they should be in your club. Uh, so a lot, of, a lot of times, yep, clubs will approach saying, well, "We like your player. Can we can we have a conversation?" But equally. I wouldn't be doing my job if I wasn't out there marketing my players as well to, to each individual club. Uh, I need to make sure that they get the best opportunity. It's not always about the best value. The best opportunity that will enhance their career long-term is the most important. You 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 will be better positioned than anyone to answer this, I would assume. Who's busy then at the minute? Which which clubs are, are active? Which clubs are asking about players are are putting the feel as a whole because some clubs naturally will be doing it more than others right now. Yeah, look, I think I think the big boys are clearly working hard at the moment. I, I think it all comes down. You look at St Helens last year. You know they had no cap space. You know they were able to bring in two young lads, T Ritson and uh, I can't remember the other lad that came. Was it Wakefield? who was overseas. Came back. Uh, Wes. Yes. Uh, Wesley Brooms, was it? Yeah. So, so the reality is, is they're not busy and they know what their squad's going to be. But if you look at some of the Castleford, I'll assume are very, very busy at the moment. They'll be having a, I would imagine, have a real big change around. Hull FC will have a big change around this year. I think you'll then look at uh, Leeds. You know, I can see five or six players coming in there. Hull KR are actively in the market. Warrington. You know they they've done a lot of big retention and, and recruitment last year. So will they bring in is the numbers this year? No, they won't. They'll probably bring in three, four, five players. Uh, we're going to see quite a few players going into there. So look, everyone's different. I think it's all depend on where your squad is. And you know, people ask me is you know how do you make a great squad? Well, having a blank piece of paper. Look at look at dolphins in, in Australia. You know, they take 18 months to build a squad and people are surprised because they've been winning a number of games. Well, I'm not because they're able to handpick. You know, most clubs will change four, five, six players a year. That's it. Uh, some less, some some a little bit more, but mostly around these sort of numbers. I'm just going to ask you about two of your other lads who were quite a peculiar case. Uh, I've certainly not encountered this in my time of covering the game. And it's uh, Jack Croft and Isaac Shaw. So they were at... Wakefield, um, and then obviously have departed. One's playing in, so Isaac's playing in France, isn't he? Is he playing for Villeneuve, is it? Yeah, Villeneuve, yeah, playing there. And, yep. uh, and then Jack went to Wynnum. Um, yeah, just for people who, who don't know this story, can you just sort of explain, give us a backdrop of 
of what happened with with them and what what they are currently doing. Yeah, so Jack and Isaac are, are in a, a situation which I've never heard of in rugby league before, and I don't think we'll ever see it again. Uh, if I'm being honest, so the situation with both of these players is because they were under the age of 22 by the 1st of December at the end of their contract year means that their current club, which would be Wakefield Trinity, could retain their rights uh, of compensation if they continue to keep paying them. Uh, so, and the compensation, in my opinion, is ludicrous. Absolutely ludicrous. We, you know, we, we can count on one hand, Matt, how many transfers happen in this sport. It doesn't happen. It's not football. And I keep saying it's not football because people need to understand it is not football. You know, we, there's not the money kicking about that there is. And, you know, someone like Jack... His compensation was 50-odd thousand pounds. You know, a lad that's played 20 Super League games and a lot of championship coming yeah, back to an ACL. You know, it's, it's, it's ridiculous. And Isaac Shaw played five Super League games and his was 20-odd thousand. And, you know, for me, it's it's heartbreaking. Absolutely heartbreaking. My, I, I speak to both of these lads every day, every single day, because their heads will be all over the place. And it has been all over the place now. We're in... We're in May, you know, they became, they were out of contract on the 30th of November last year and Wakefield have had to continue to keep paying them but on, on the salary they were on last year to retain the compensation. It's ridiculous, absolutely ridiculous. I, I don't understand why the RFL have stood for it, in my perfect opinion. These young men, I've got like Jack, 10,000 miles away from his family, you know, to play rugby. He can't play rugby in the UK, mate. He cannot play rugby with the RFL rules on compensation in the UK. He cannot play for Catalan. He cannot play for Toulouse. But he can play for an elite club or he go to Australia. And he's had to go to Australia just to play in. And you talked about it before around what these lads... The old lads only want to play rugby. You know, that's all they want to do. And, you know, Jack's a young man. He's turned 22 now. Been the other side of the world... He just moved in the house with his girlfriend before this happened. You know, they've had to give up their house because financially they, they didn't know what was happening. You know, he's now moved out there. She's stuck here. You know, it's horrendous, mate. Horrendous. I actually worry. I actually worry for their their mental health, if I'm being perfectly honest. Um, can, can, can just, that's a brutal statement, but very true. Yeah. The, the, the thing is, because I'm thinking people who are listening, I'll be going. I'll be asking a simple question. Why didn't they just stay at Wakefield? So, take us back to the negotiation process and why ultimately deals weren't agreed. What negotiation? Well, what do you mean? Surely there was, you know. Oh, so, so my definition of negotiation are two parties engaging conversation to try and agree a financial deal. And package for a said third party. That's negotiations. Happens in all walks of life, whether someone's buying a, a house, a car, mm. a player salary, anything happens in day to day from there. Even even eBay is in theory two people negotiating over a price for, for a product mm. around what that looks like. So if I take uh, Isaac as a prime example. Isaac has had one written offer from the club. One, Mark, one. And that was around about, well, I'll tell you when it was. It was the day before the 1st of May. 
because that's when they had, the club had to put offer on the table. Okay. And his offer, and I'm sure, and I'm sure this has been documented, was one pound more than the minimum value for a player in Super League. So that, well, that's 15, 15 grand. It's 15 grand, isn't it? So it's 15 grand and a pound. He, he was offered one pound more than the minimum value, Matt. I'm not here to quote a player's salary, but you can work it out yourself. That was the value that was on the table there. There has been no other offer in writing from Wakefield for that individual player. And I look at, I then look at Jack. Jack had an offer oh, August last year. First offer, August last year. He had two days to accept it. He has received no other written offer, nor have I received any other written formal offer from Wakefield for that individual. So from that point on, what 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 were you left to do? What what could you do at that point? Well, your hands are tied. If that's their offer and they're removing the offer after two days and you decline it, and Matt, we're we're not talking we're not talking big money here, we're talking pennies around mm. the reality here. Uh the offer was not on the table, there was no other further offer. The lads have went into this compensation situation where the club have retained the rights of them and, and they've had to continue to pay them. So Thankfully, Wakefield have continued to pay them, but if they stop paying them, they become free agents, and then we can look at finding them a club here in the UK. You know, Matt, they can't even sign for a League One site. No, no. So, obviously, if, if a club wanted to sign them, they'd have to pay that compensation. I take it, you know, there were no no one offered the transfer fees for those lads, because, I mean, you said yourself, it's a lot of, it's a lot of money for players where they're at at this stage of the career. Take it there was no, you know, transfer fees offered. Well, I'll put it to you now. Me personally, I put an offer on the table to Wakefield in writing for thousands of pounds back in this pre-Christmas last year to resolve this three weeks after the deadline of the 1st of December to get this situation resolved. Me personally offered thousands of pounds and it was rejected. So to to take us to now then, so Jack's in Australia. Yeah. Um and you know to a lot of people that that's great. You're living the dream, you're out, you know, down I'm under a different that. lifestyle. But it's not it's not for everyone. It well it's not for everyone, is it? So it, you know it depends who you are. It depends who you are. How I know you mentioned earlier, you know, he's away from family. I'm assuming that just from reading between the lines there, he's he's having a bit of a tough time with it at the minute. Look, I, I think any person would struggle being away. Jack's, Jack's very close to his family. Hmm. Very close. Uh, I mean, his girlfriend, I say, moved in together and obviously this happened. So, look, anyone would struggle in this environment. You know, I think if I was to, if I was a betting man and I says to Jack Croft today, do you want to come home? I think we all know the answer to that. Uh, yeah. But look, Jack's a professional. You know, he'll work as hard as he can, and Jack has always done that. You know, he's he's one of the fittest players I've I've, I've known in the sport. You know, he's he's relentless in the gym and all the rest. But being with your family, Matt, helps. And mentally, living on your own, unpacking. And remember, Matt, he's over there playing part time rugby. 
mm-hmm. part-time rugby. Let me re-emphasize that. He is unpacking uh, storage containers up at four o'clock in the morning, working all day in that heat. And I'm not criticizing anyone does that, but that is what Jack's had to do to continue to play rugby from there. Mm-hmm. And being away from your family must be mentally breaking, in my opinion. I couldn't do it, being honest. So, so if, if I'm a, I haven't reported on this story for a while, so forgive me. So from, from December 1st this year, because Jack That's reached right. a certain age, he can... From from then, so for next season, he can sign for a club, can't he? And the, the compensation is waived at that point because of the age he's reached. Correct, correct. So from but the 1st the, of December, or yeah. 30th November, Jack has no compensation over him. And that's what's yeah. ludicrous about this, is that why we're we trying to retain the compensation when, you know, he's going to move on. You know, I think there's too much water under the bridge for them to go back there now. Uh, well, tell, tell, me if I'm, tell me if I'm wrong, and I, I might be. But he's not going to move anywhere now, is he? Because no one's no one's ultimately going to pay whatever it is, fifty thousand or whatever that figure is precisely, to effectively get a player for four months of the season when they can get him for three at the end of the year. Yeah. yeah. Well, look, but Wakefield, is, but Wakefield is still paying him. Still paying him. Still paying him every month, and and he becomes a free agent. If Wakefield stopped paying him, or they served a two weeks' notice on him from there, right. you know, the right thing to do, Matt, is to serve the two weeks' notice on him, you know, yeah. and then Jack can have a decision whether he wants to stay out there or come back. You know, this yeah. is, and 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 and, and I emphasise here, we're talking about still getting paid. Remember, they were on the minimum value in Super League. Mm-hmm. Do. Just from experience here, right, I'm, I'm slightly moving it. But what are these rulings? From an, from I'm, I'm talking from a governance side. I mean, they just seem. I don't personally, and I, you know, I'm out of the situation, so I I can sort of say this. I don't see who's winning here. I don't see. I don't see how the Super League, the, the RFL competition. I don't see how they benefit because ultimately. With the compensation rules as as they are for this case, he's not going to play in their competition. So you lose a you lose someone from your player pool. From a Wakefield perspective, it looks like well, I, I don't know what we're planning to do, but they might have potentially paid a player for a full season. And in Isaac's case, it's two, isn't it? Right? Yeah, but yeah, yeah, yeah. Jack, they might pay his salary for a full season for nothing. And from Jack's perspective, he's had to move away, work part time in in you know doing something he doesn't want to do just to carry on his rugby league career from from all three angles i don't see anyone who's actually won from the situation and i, I agree with you can't can't disagree i think we talk about and and i've read many journalist stuff about retaining the best talent here in the uk from there well, well that's pushing players away yeah. from from the sport and you know like i I'm not here to criticise the RFL, but there was rules in place. Everyone knew the rules when we signed up to them, etc. All right? But they clearly have identified there is a problem with this because the minimum salary value this year compared to last year, and I believe it's on the back of this, has went up by 20%. Oh, really? All right? And on the back of that, where before, if you offered one pound more than what the player's currently on, 
you're retained the right to compensation. That's not the case. That value, if they want to retain the right to compensation, I think it's something like 25k now or something, in terms right. of they've got to be in the top 25 players. That for me is is the right. Well, I'd say is the right value. Well, we can all agree whether the right or wrong value, etc. But that's going to show that you value a player and mm. you want them to be part of your team. Do you think you would you be feel valued if your boss says, "Do you know what? You're on a uh, on a rolling contract, and we're going to give you a pound more, and you can't go to one of your competitors." Yeah, no, I'm with you. Yeah, I'm with you. That's it. That's the reality of it. And so I do think the RFL have have realised that there's a problem. But, but it's that too late. Jack, for these, so, too yeah. late for Jack and Isaac, and and that's why I don't think it'll ever happen again because of the situation that these lads are in. And and you know this was this this was going on. This is just didn't happen on the thirtieth of November. There was conversations behind the scenes with the RFL, etc., for months before that saying this is a red flag here. This is a problem. Mm-hmm. I, I, how, how are you finding it? it? How, how, how are you finding it? And uh, uh, because. I'm assuming that you know you've got Jack on the phone a lot, um, Isaac on the phone a lot. You want what's best for them. You want to be able to deliver the best of opposite, as you said, best possible opportunities for them. How, how as an agent, are you finding this case? Draining is probably the best way. Uh, you know, I've read, you know, when when it's come out about these about these lads in the papers, etc., and on social media and all the bits and pieces. And I, and I laugh when I see it, and, and I need to re-emphasize this, Matt. I really do, because agents get a bad name, and maybe some agents deserve a bad name in, in all sports, not just rugby league, all sports from there. People go, oh, the, it's only the agent that's making out of this from there. I can categorically put on record here and now, I have never made one penny from Jack Croft or Isaac Shaw, ever. Nothing. Hmm. Absolutely nothing. And I can also put on record in terms of I've spent thousands in legal fees on this in terms mm-hmm. of where it is, uh, me personally, from there. So for me, these two young men have become like my child, my son. Yeah. You know, and I've I've got to look at them and, and Matt, you know, I've got a son who's the same age as these two young men as well. Yeah. And I look at and and I sit there at times when I come off the phone to them and going. I just wish you boys weren't in the situation. You know, I actually wish I was beside them and put my arms around them and give them a cuddle to yeah. say, come on, keep the head up. You know, and this keep the head up has been going on now for the best part of a year because Isaac's, Isaac's offer was back on April last year in mm. terms of where it was. Uh, it's draining, Matt. It really is draining. And as a sport, you know, we talk about getting the right publicity in this this game and, you know, making it the best thing with IMG coming in. And we want to offer players that. How is that getting... Or or, or should really, should we just shut up about it and not say anything? Because it suits suits other people. You know, I, I've, thing, set quiet, yeah. I've set quiet on this for a long time now, Matt. And, you know, you, you, you've you you've asked me today, we're, we're here to talk about the 1st of May. I think, I think you realise I'm, I'm passionate about these two young men. Passionate as it comes, uh, and it hurts me. Mate. It really does. The thing, the thing that I don't understand about the whole, the whole thing is, it just seems like when it comes to young lads, we do everything we can to push them away in the, this compensation thing. You know, 
thinking of players at the other end, um, I'm thinking players like like Kai Pierce Paul, maybe not the best example. Will Price. Let's go Will Price. If any club wanted to sign him for Huddersfield, he would again would have cost a lot of money, you know, 50 odd thousand probably because he's been at Huddersfield for, for so long. Yeah, but he can what? go to the NRL for or rugby union for not how how yeah. on earth can that be allowed? How can that be possible? Matt, look, I, I think I need to be probably clear here so that I'm not being misinterpreted on this. Do I believe that clubs should be entitled to some form of compensation on a player? Absolutely. I'm not disagreeing with that. Okay? But to offer a player a pound more and retain a compensation value is ridiculous from there. You know, if a club wants to retain that player... Do you think they're offering them a pound more? Mm. The answer is no. Simple in terms of where they are. Whereas if if with the new compensation rules, and and if a, a Will Price, as you mentioned, or Kai Pierce Paul, you know, playing every week in Super League and, and killing it in, in, in their respective teams, then that's down to the club to make the right financial offer to retain them from there. Mm. But we're talking about Jack and Isaac who are the start of their career. Do you know, Jack's come back from a year out of an ACL. He's only played about 20 games. Isaac, five games. You know, they're not players like a, a Lewis Dodd or a Jack Wellsby or a Will Price, yeah. a Kai Pierce Paul. You know, I don't, you'll never see a club offer them 15 grand in a pound. Or I don't think Will Price, if he's offered 15 grand in a pound to retain him. You know, that's, that's the reality is the, there is a need for a compensation value, but it needs to be managed properly. Do you know, let's put it like this. On the current rulings, if Isaac Shaw was offered 25 grand to retain at Wakefield because they wanted him to stay, I'd be a betting man here and now to say he would sign that here and now from there. And he would have signed that last year, 100%. Yeah. Yeah. But do you feel valued at signing at 15 grand a pound? No chance. What what do you hope is the long term outcome of of this for the for the lads, but the the sport as well? Well, I, like I think I think I've already said, I think there's there's been there has been real positive movement from the RFL and this compensation stuff with the new rules that came in this year. You know, I, I remember having a conversation with one of the the board of directors at the RFL, and I'm, and I said, look, I think you're doing the right thing. You know, but that value needs to keep increasing to to retain. The, 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 the right talent, otherwise we're going to lose them to the NRL or even France. Lads are getting paid more in France in the elite competition yeah. there than 15 grand, 18 grand in, in the UK. So look, I don't see this situation ever happening again because if a, a club want to retain a player, then reality is they're having to offer them a, a decent number starting point. And if that player's good enough and that player is a Lewis Dodd or Jack Wellsby or whatever, then a club might not be bothered paying 30, 40 grand for, for that individual. But you're talking about a player that's played five games. That's a different different proposition. And that's no disrespect to Isaac, because Isaac's a middle, he's coming on. You know, this year in France, when he's played, you know, he, he went to a team that hadn't won a game. They had a 50% win rate when he was there. Mm. You know, the, the, he, he's an individual that's young. He's 20-year-old, and he's getting better and better. If you want to keep, do you know? Here's a question to you, Matt, and 
Do you think Isaac Shaw and Jack Croft would have added value to Wakefield's team this year? Well, I mean, who did they have at centre this week? Wakefield. Not really. Who, who did they bring in? Who did they bring in at centre? You know, I'm not here to criticise any players that they brought in because they've got to go with what's on the open market. Yeah. Would I have rather, if I was the, the, the owner or if I was the, the coach, I would have preferred Jack. But that I'm biased in that, of course. I'm very biased. Yeah, yeah. Well, hopefully it gets resolved. I mean, it it, it doesn't sound great to be honest, but I mean, it's just it, it, I, I say I just find it crazy that the, the situation like that can be allowed to happen. You know, that rulings allow for something like this to happen because you're just not ultimately the, the players aren't protected are they not properly and, and and you're right you've, you've got to protect the clubs and it's probably a difficult balancing act get that here's a question for you do you see this situation ever happening in the nrl with the players union across there no that answers your question yeah you know but why do we allow it to happen here yeah well no and, and, look, and, and again and i need to re-emphasize i'm not criticizing the rfl in this they had the rules we agreed them before they were in place before and we accept that but clearly they've identified there's a problem because they've changed them for this year. Sure. Some some may say they were they were already planned to change. Who knows? <laughs> no one knows that. But look, I think to, to emphasize on these two young men, I'm proud as any father could be of two young individuals in terms of what they've done. They've had to go with their head held high in the public domain behind the scenes. I bet they've went through tough times on this situation. Yeah. Why? Fair point. Fair point. Uh, well, I'm sorry that we've ended on a not so cheery note, but uh, I think it, it is important, and uh, hopefully, hopefully, it gets resolved. I uh, I certainly hope for for their sakes and your your sake that it does. To be honest, um, and ho- hopefully, you know, worst gets to worst. At least we see Jack back next year. And I mean, Isaac as well, hopefully. But Isaac has another year beyond that because he's a year younger than Jack, isn't he? Yeah, yeah. He's got till the 30th of November 2024, uh, that his official end of compensation date yeah. from there. Uh, you know, I look at him at the moment, mate, in terms of what he's done in France this year. He could, he could easily be playing week in, week out for Wakefield. Mm-hmm. Easily. And the current the current middles have got, you know, I'm not here to criticise any of their players because I've got some I've got players there still as well. But the reality is, I'm sure if they were in that squad, they'd be playing on a regular basis uh, for them. And why pay for them when when they can't do that from there? You know, I'll, look, I think it's a, it's a tough place, and and look, I'm I think Wakefield have got a tough decision. And, and throughout this process, it's probably not been easy for them as well. And I'm sure they're they've tried to protect their their own interests. I get that, but sometimes yeah. we need to look at the human side of it as well. Uh, and I don't think we've looked at two young individuals' mental health, and we've taken that into consideration. In my yeah. opinion, Graham, pleasure to have you on as ever. I'm sure we'll uh, we'll have you on at some other point to talk about some of the deals you get done. Um, Sounds like Josh Hodgson's going to be the the one in the immediate that you've got plenty to, to get through, but I'm sure there will be others along the way. 
But uh, yeah, thank you very much for coming on. Hopefully, the lads get resolved. I'm sure everyone who's listened to that will be keen one way or another to to get them back in the competition. And let's be right, the big old pickups for someone as well. Well, I I think they're good, hungry, hungry young individuals. You know, are they going to be a hundred grand players next year? No. You know, they're they'd be a great add to any squad to play. X amount of games in a season. And and you know what? Who knows what happens after that? You know, we've seen players... I look at uh, oh, James McDonald. You know, he's went to, to Leeds this year and he's he's, he's killing it. You know, fantastic. fantastic. Unbelievable. And, you know, for me, James is a prime example of, you know, was desperate to play rugby, took an opportunity to go to Leeds... You know, another big club. Wigan are an unbelievable club. Absolutely unbelievable. They do some great things with young players. But he's went to Leeds and, and, and he's I think he's been phenomenal. I think he's been I think he's been one of their best players. Against biased, but I think he's been one of their most consistent and best players. He's definitely definitely been one of the most consistent. Definitely. Yeah. Definitely. He's got an arm injury now, hasn't he? It doesn't sound like he's too serious, but yeah, I don't think too serious. You know, wait, listen, if you're gonna get bashed about every two seconds on your on a playing field. I'm sure you'd have some injuries as well, but that's that's part and parcel. And that's about you. Well, we, we know that. We know that. And, and I don't think I would get on that field as well. Probably a little bit too soft for that. Yeah. But uh, the the exciting bit is seeing seeing lads like James doing so. Look at look at Bachelor Bachelor this year, unbelievable. You know which one? They both? Well, I mean, well, Joe had an injury, but James 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 has done really well at Kerr. James. Look, I think. It was a tough decision for James to leave Wakefield. Really tough, you know. And conversations went on and on for for a number of weeks for that. And he decided after speaking to Willie uh, that he decided he wanted to go for it. And I think they call them golden balls over there now. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that's where they are. But he's he's been phenomenal. And you know whether he's played at back row, whether he's played the centre, or whether he's dropped it in the middle, you know he's been he's been very good. Uh, he's had that. He got that, that little suspension, came back this week and was, I think you, your colleague rated him 9 out of 10, uh, which which tells you a story. And and James is young. You know, James is, what is he, 24, 25 now, if he's that. Uh, he's got many, many years ahead of him to to get even better. Uh, and, and Hulk Yara doing fantastic this year. It's not it's not surprising some of the recruitment they've done, which is which has been good for the sport as well. Agreed. Agreed. Great. Pleasure having you on. Uh, look forward to having you on again. In the meantime, hope you uh, get all your deals done. Enjoy life in sunny south of France. And uh, yeah, live the dream. I'm sick to death of seeing you post stuff on your social media about it being nice and warm when it's anything but over here. But can't have it all, can we? Can't have it all. You either want to be in the rainy northwest or, or Yorkshire, or you want to be sitting. 25 degrees most of the year round. I think I know where I want to be. Unfortunately, I'm well, not unfortunately, I'm back in the UK next week, so I'll make sure I, I wrap up well and uh, look forward to, to seeing some clubs next week. Actually, not too bad. Weather's not been too bad the last weekend, so anyway, I'm sure it will quickly change. Yeah. That's where we uh, wrap up the show. Big thanks, <laughs> big thanks to Graham for coming on uh, and sharing his thoughts on, on a number of matters. We'll be back with another House of League soon. Enjoy the weekend coming up, and above anything else, make sure you enjoy your rugby league. Take care, everyone. <laughs>